Yes. It is now time for Bike Talk. Now get busy! Talk. Oh, wait a minute. Top Tucson? Uh, full disclosure, this is chicken leather. Um, a little bit. Uh, a touch of food poisoning. I don't know if it was the uh, the eggplant or uh, somebody says, oh, it's got to be something you dumpster dived. And I said, well, why am I getting sick now after how many years of people feeding me stuff? So anyway, full disclosure. <laughs> a little bit under the weather, but feeling better here. And... Um, as luck would have it, uh, we didn't play a lot of this stuff from Ciclavia. So right now, we're talking to some people, that's right, from uh, Tucson, which is, you don't know, or maybe you do know, is the home of Bikus, one of the oldest bike collectives. And we're going to hear my little interview with him right now here on Bike Talk. Kill Radio and KPFK on the podcast. So there are some Bikus folks Oh, here. my God. <laughs> it's good to see you guys here. Good to see you. Don't they do this in Tucson? We do do it in Tucson, uh, but see, we got to learn from you, too. Well, <laughs> thanks for coming out here today. I'm happy to be here. Wait, hey, are you really experiencing the city or, you know, yeah. seeing something architecturally different? Uh, a little bit different today, something tells me, than normal days in L.A. <laughs> it seems, I, I'm just kind of guessing, but it's a, probably a lot cooler here than it is in Tucson right now. Well, today. Really. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to see you. Thanks for coming Thank out. I'm happy to be here. And, and tell us a little bit about the bicycle bells in Tucson. So, a bunch of us came from on the train to experience Ciclavia, see what LA is like when you close it down to cars and open it up to people. And uh -huh. We're happy to be here. We, we organized the Tucson event and we're happy to see what y'all do here. It, are you, are you, be, it might be a little bigger. I, I was going to say, are you learning things here that Definitely. you're going to take back to Tucson? Definitely. Anything in particular? Or just to uh, just, you know, how to manage a lot of people and, uh -huh. and a lot of bicyclists that are you know new and beginners and you know a little bit hesitant out there. With so many people. So. Uh, absolutely. The, the one thing, and, and we heard, and it was shocking, uh, when about two or three years ago, somebody from uh, um, 
bike is, came out and he was doing his thesis or he's writing a book about bike collectives. And one of the things he mentioned was that they were gonna move the freeway and go right through bikers. Did they resolve that? <laughs> it's, it's still unresolved. Well, what are you laughing for? Don't laugh. Unresolved. Kylie, so Kylie works at bikers. Oh, really? Yep. I, I love the concept of purgatory for bikes. <laughs> what, was it purgatory or what was it? it was, there is a purgatory. Yes, yeah, yeah it's purgatory. I She's love that. The one, the well, one to ask actually, her. we learned a lot. The interview was to learn stuff about us, but you know, you ask questions. It's almost right. like that, that old Arthur Conan Doyle where, you know, well, so it's do a, you, do you work do for it. I actually I volunteer for, for um, the, bike the bike oven, and I'm going to give you a card at Great. the end of this so you can get in touch with us and keep in touch. Great. And, you should come out for Tucson. Oh, I, 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 okay. Here's the secret. I did a show in Tucson at, at you know, you have the the uh, movie studios out there, old Tucson, and, oh, nice. and it fell through. But every week I built another bike, and then somebody kind of said, you know, I brought my own bike, and then by the end I had four <laughs> or five bikes. They're going, can I put it on the truck? And I said, sure. And the next thing you know, it's like, hey man, we got to do something. There's like 12 bikes on this bike, and I said, yeah, we're taking it back to LA. And he said, oh, you'll never ride them in LA. But it's kind of funny, you know? It's been fun. I, brought, I came in a couple days ago and I've been riding around LA. And I like your town. Yeah, have you seen anything you like in particular? Do you tell, like, you know, I take people from like Germany and stuff and I tell them, you'll see more of LA on a bicycle Definitely. than you ever would in a car. And, and it's going to be more fun. And, you know, it's, it's easy to get European people. But, you know, people from, let's just say the Midwest or something, kind of go, I don't know. I, I think I need four wheels under me. And you know what? It's not going to be sweaty guys. It's going to be women with wicker that are going to sell this movement. Or women it's with true. bikes. Or women in stripes. <laughs> I like true. that. Well, thank you very much. What was your first name? Ann. Ann. Very nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. This is part two. We found out <laughs> these people were from Tucson and Bikus. How many years has Bikus been around? 22 years now. 22 years. And, and the big thing is you actually have like, not only that, you have renters in the building. You've got this thing called Purgatory that I love. Yeah. Tell, <laughs> tell us just briefly. Well, we've got, so we've got we've got bike purgatory, which is all the donations that come in that we just put it in the corner, kind of wait to either get fixed up or or, uh, or taken apart and used for parts. And then we have the uh, the parts purgatory where it gets stacked up and saved up, and then you can come fix your bike and take classes and yeah, make bike art. Bikeist has been a real model for other people in the bike collective community. Uh, we've seen you go from just being volunteer to actually have paid staff. Yeah, yeah, we got about 15 paid staff now, that, part time paid incredible. staff. Yeah. How do you support it in what we would call a desert out there? Yeah, right. <laughs> but, but Tucson is actually a real bikeable city, isn't it? It is, yeah. We've got great weather and wide streets. Uh, so, in a lot of ways, it's, it's a really great bike city. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, we've just been slowly working. Up. We're mostly able to sustain ourselves just through sales and refurbished bikes, and uh, we do our big art auction fundraiser every year. Some small grants here and there, but we try to rely mostly on, on income that we can rely on rather than, than, uh, than funding. And by that I mean there's universities there. A lot of people don't know this, but Ansel Adams has his, his collection at one of the universities right there, and you yep. can make a private kind of uh, request and see some of the stuff. And then the other thing is, uh, you know, Tucson, they've got a film community there. That's sure. what I was there for. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. For the Tucson. And, and those guys, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. I'm just wondering, you know, with bikes and stuff, have you seen, uh, you know, that's the last place people say, oh, I don't want a bike in the center or anything. But 
let's be honest, a lot of people come out at night, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, really one of the things is, you know, if you get into a car, it's going to be hot, you know? And it's oh, like, absolutely. It's going to be hot when you're on your bike, too, yeah, but at yeah. least you get the and breeze you're like going, me, you, know? you want to crank up the AC, and the yeah. next thing you know, you walk out, and it's like a third-wheel country. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you start to get condensation on the ears and stuff. But, you know, a couple months out of the year, it's, yeah, it's real hot, and, you know, the other, the other half, it can get, it can get pretty chilly, but, I mean, the weather's pretty good. You can't really complain about it. Well, what I love the fact is you have like basically about the size of downtown, and yet you, yeah. you support like about a dozen shops. A, yeah. A, you know, and, and we're talking like, wow, everybody really does bike. There. Yeah. And it's it's increasing. You know, I mean, it's a downtown's a university, you know, town. So we've got lots of students biking around, but a lot of people are really just getting into it just for commuting. I mean, the the sprawl is. It's got some crazy sprawl around Tucson, so there's some places that are that can be really, really far away, but uh, we need to work on our public transit a little bit more. But, I, I know, we were awesome, we were talking yeah. about that earlier, that the 10 freeway was, was sort of slated to come right through Bikers, yeah. the building. Well, but there's still, there's you, still a, a roadway planning coming through there, connector road. Not through me. the building, but next right next to it, which is... Uh, that's not the we'll way see what happens. Really. I mean, the economy's been put that back a little bit. That's good. That's yeah, good. So hopefully it'll never recover. We'll be biking yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no, but... We'll be but, around regardless of whether we're on, on, on a positive note, even if you do have to move, bikers will still be around in some sense. Yeah, we're not planning on going anywhere. That's good. Yeah. That's good. And I, I love what you're doing. What? What? Said, in fact, we're planning on taking over the world. Yes, I love that. And this is Bikers World Bikers, Bikers and all bike collective and, and this is the yeah. point where the music would start. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, right. Well, welcome once again to Los Angeles. Hey, thanks. Great to be here. Troy. Troy. Yeah. Great. Thank you, Troy. Yeah, pleasure. You guys here. I always think you're married like all small business people to their to their shop. Is Kevin here are some more people we ran into. This was uh, uh, a friend of ours uh, from uh, Cafe de Leche. Coffee, what is it? Coffee with milk, I think, except uh, Espanol. And that's over on 50th and uh, York. And we, uh, we, by full disclosure, we're receiving no money from them. <laughs> Other than the occasional beer that they give to everybody uh, at their art openings. And um, uh, as I'm saying this, I'm looking at L.A. and today is not the best day, but it's a nice day. There's a little bit of gray, but I've already seen about five or six bike people out there. Uh, maybe it's just the weekend kind of barrage. A lot of them little girls on bikes. Uh, that uh, must be the full moon coming out, getting a, a jump on the ovarian cyclists. Anyway. They were in here, was it last week? It's it, God, I'm losing all sense of time with this thing. Yeah, it was last week. And um, hopefully we'll, we're going to get them in here soon again. Oh, oh, the din of that. Anyway. Uh, you, you've got it so well covered. Cafe so you're here with the kids. Enjoying it. You can pass it up. It's a beautiful day, you know? Yeah. I had no idea you had an extra cycle. Yeah, my, my brother did it for me. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great to see you. Well, great to see you. You guys have a good time. Are you riding on the back? Oh, awesome. Bye. They're hot now. Oh, yeah. And they said we're going to be cold, but it's kind of warm. Oh, it's going to be great today. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, yeah. Peel, peel. You can peel and everything. All right. Hey, see you later. Ciao. Wow, I love, I love how you've taken like. 
transportation to the next level. Look at this. Yeah, this is great. Okay, this Two fellow had a specialized uh, tandem that he had hooked up with a tag along to drag all his people and they were getting some food there. It's great. One of our volunteers. How you doing, Pete? Look at this. Look at this. The whole clan is here today. Here I thought you guys were, I'm looking over here thinking, oh, it's those guys that are trying to reoccupy L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I said, yeah, or maybe, maybe was, it's one uh, of those gangs. One of those uh, Steve's place, the party. Oh, it was ridiculous. We well, got out of there this morning. Look at that, I'm stepping on gum now. <laughs> I, we got out of there. What happened is the battery died because uh -huh. it was all like portable and they just rolled it in and started playing. And then about four or something, it goes, the battery died and he goes, uh, just a minute, we're gonna plug it in. And they're all like yelling at, at Mikey Wally. And then, and then the next thing you know, they're going, uh, seek the videos tomorrow, where, where are you gonna go and everything. And he goes, no, 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 stay, I got beer, I got everything. And then it was like five minutes bang, everybody was gone almost. It was funny. It was yeah, it's the great exodus. So uh, we, we just wanna uh, tell you again, you're listening to Bike Talk here. If, if you're not uh, hearing the feedback in the studio from the mics, uh, we've been playing a little bit of uh, Clavia, recapping some of it, and uh, a couple of things have been going on. One of them was uh, I, I listened to our sister station, KPFK, on occasion. There was the car show when I was leaving, trying to get out of there, and they were talking about how, how you, these EVs can now tow trailers. So if, if you're not having enough crap in your own car or you have to downsize your car, you can get a trailer to take more crap with you in your car, <laughs> which always seems like what I, what I do with my car. I'm, I'm usually, I, I finally have hit upon it that transportation uh, is like travel, a fool's paradise, if we can paraphrase, uh, is it Emerson? And uh, in, in one sense, in Los Angeles, it, it really is foolish because there's so many different things to sort of shut yourself off and create your own little semi-universe. Either you bring it with you or or you sort of don't experience it. And I, I think L.A. doesn't get enough credit for having a, a, a great environment out there that you really need to experience, and that's what we're trying to do. I think that's what Ciclavia is doing in its um, uh, little incarnations. I, I really would like to see Ciclavia, this is my own dream, go to different areas that people would never go to. And, and by that I mean... Um, Expanded into other neighborhoods that rarely get visited, uh, maybe include things that uh, people have a fear of uh, or people have a misrepresentation um, of and see if the community can't come out and, and dispel some of those things. Uh, I know I've taken on it on a couple occasions, and I'm not just talking about South Central because they always say, oh, yeah, you're talking about going to like all these. Places. No, I've, I've been on rides with uh, Arbery and gone down to Crenshaw and seen all these places. And Ride Arc used to, I, I don't know how many times we, we would roll up in the middle of the night somewhere lost, and the only kids that would come out would be these. Uh, kids looking for like, whoa, whoa, what are you guys doing on bikes, man? And and trying to uh, 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 elevate us to some sort of uh, uh, let's let's just say monetary incentive, uh, money to get out or money to move forward, and and we just would laugh after the first or fifth or sixth person came in and said, okay, there's 50 of us and there's only two of you. Uh, how do you think that's going to work? And uh, we're we're uh, we don't want any money out of you. We just want to get out of here. So anyway, that being said, uh, 
let's let's get back to some more uh, recap of Ciclavia and and a couple of other things. Uh, we we're going to be getting some phone calls shortly as we do the programming. As as said, Nick is uh, on his way in. He got uh, hung up on a couple of other things. Nick also doing a couple of other uh, performing a couple other functions in the community on a social level, including uh, being a teacher and uh, doing the show in a couple of, of uh, uh, just. Uh, mainstays here to uh, keep LA I guess fresh we would say but uh, ha- having said that um, I'm, I'm looking over some of the other notes I had here this week I, I happened to hear um, not on uh, KPFK but on um, I, th- I think it was one of the other stations that uh, broadcast the BBC world that uh, Toronto is still having some problems with its mayor and um, um it's it's bike lanes. He he looks at bikes as just an interference to cars and buses, and that bikes shouldn't even be there. Even though Toronto has an extended bike lane project, they've eliminated some bike lanes there, and we can only see that. Uh, uh, you know, you have to question what Toronto is doing, and then um, I, I guess as a a tag or maybe just to fill up time, they did they did a report uh, from uh, China and the bike. Uh, um, uh, situation there. Uh, we we would have had those ready for you, but as I said, it's it's been a wild weekend and it's just beginning. Uh, later today, not only is the, are the ovarian cyclists uh, headed forward, we're going to tell you exactly where from. There's also uh, a brewery ride starting out. It's, isn't it Cinco de Maya? I think it is uh, today. So not only might there be some insane drinking, there'll there'll be some culture drinking too with the brewery ride. Where uh, you'll you'll be able to visit a brewery from the Flying Pigeon that at thirty seven sixteen uh, North Figueroa thirty seventh and Figueroa right next to the bike oven, or if you get into that drunken kind of stupor, the Flying Oven or the Bike Pigeon, you you pick your your poison there. Anyway, uh, Kill Radio, we're gonna get back to a little bit of the Ciclavia here. And um, some of the things we went through, uh, let's see, we, we got to see a couple of musical performances, and then we talked to somebody, a friend of ours. Hey, look, look, he's wearing the matching uh, jerseys. Do they pay you to do that? <laughs> well, since I own it, I'm kind of <laughs> That's great. So, uh, just as a fellow journalist, are you, are you seeing, this is a trend that's coming here to Los Angeles. Do you think, we, we always talk about it spreading, you know, Los Angeles first and everything else, but, but spreading a thought aside, we'd like to see it expand here in the city. You think we could do that? 10 miles, maybe we could get it up to some of those third world countries in the 75? You know, I, I, think, I think if their will is there, you know, with diplomatic advocacy, uh, I think there's room for more, you know. It, I mean, I love the success that the event has had already, uh, and certainly I would like to see the event be more successful, and I think... <laughs> I'm a crazy person, sick of beer, number four! <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... <laughs> it's hard to come back yeah. after that. This gentleman had a battery assist recumbent, and uh, it, I I don't want to make assumptions, but I, I think he he uh, it, it it was a good uh, uh, 
a, a unique ride for him that day. Uh, a battery assist. I don't know if he had a, an injury or, or maybe he did the whole thing in a certain amount of time, but uh, he, he looked like he was enjoying himself immensely, a fairing, and uh, just, just crashing the ride there. <laughs> or the interview. Here we go. Let's get back to it. Yeah, but I mean, if Cyclovia is more successful, I think more success is longer routes, more frequent routes, routes in more different places. Who wouldn't want that? Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, is there something you've been covering in the blog that you want to you know, just throw out there for people right now? Uh, you know, just if they stop by, I think they'll find something that appeals to them. I'm okay. not going to tell them what to read. <laughs> if, if we resonate for people, I'm happy. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, nice meeting you again. Likewise. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah. Have fun day. There she is. Are you shooting video now? A video? Okay, so that was uh, our friend from Red Kite, uh, and uh, they they do some stuff. And here is a friend of ours from REI, who not only uh, uh, came out, and they always sponsor these things with mechanics and stuff, a couple that I know that uh, not only uh, function in a capacity to... Uh, 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 work at REI, but also volunteer over at a couple of collectives in LA. Uh, this is um, uh, one of their representatives, and we're going to hear more from her right now. This is uh, recapping Cyclovia a couple weeks ago with some friends that we didn't get to, and I'm awaiting a couple phone calls here. It is Bike Talk here on Kill Radio and KPFK on the podcast. This is a video shoot-off. This is somebody from REI. Look what REI is doing today. They brought out... Uh, a rock and all the little kids are, are climbing it. I, I think that's fantastic. Not only do you do classes, but you're spreading love here. I mean, God only knows. You got kids looking after kids here. I think that's fantastic. I think <laughs> and that's so, great. so we've gone bigger this year. Well, I, well it's, it's also about like not having to worry. I mean, the kids are not going to over strain the kids, and they, I think they look out better than if you just had an adult going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah just put it on him, let him lie. <laughs> But they're really good, and, and you, you know it's really good when moms are like going, I don't know, and they're kind of inking them on. So uh, it's great. REI, I've been a member for a long time. I don't think I've ever cashed in the dividends yet. But one of these days... You better. Oh, I like that. You better. You better. You better. And also, um, so, okay, introduce yourself and who you are to this bike community. Uh, I'm, I'm just a lowly uh, kind of bike rider supporting no, the bike thing. You're everywhere. It's not true. It's, um, it's Chicken Leather from Kill Radio, and I also volunteer at the Bike Oven, which is um, the other bike uh, co-op here in, in Los Angeles. We try to show people how to fix their own bikes in yep. LA. Bike oven, bike kitchen, uh, bike away. I, I support the bike kitchen, and they're going to move into a new space. Oh. You know, I know about that only because I, I uh, try to keep connected with stuff and go on some of the rides. And then, uh, I'm going to put it to you. We challenge you to come out on your bike, uh, make one as as the girls from Cycle say, make one less car trip and take the bike out. You'll enjoy it that much more. I love this shirt. Look, look at her shirt. Ciclavia awesome. or Ciclavia. Well, good luck. Good luck. Thank it's you. Yeah, you good again. to see you yeah, again. Good to see you. What was your name again? Chicken Leather. Chicken Leather. Jean. From Kilroy. Yeah, yeah. I, I know. I remember you. <laughs> not, not, I'm everywhere too, but yeah, this. It's, it's good. It's good. <laughs> Sort of drug thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what makes it good. Come on. So I got to <laughs> talk with uh, Gary for a while at this thing, and uh, we're, we're, I'm, I'm jumping through this 
just to get to uh, a couple of other spots. Um, we, we showed some of the footage, believe it or not, at uh, um, the uh, the Echo Park Film Center on Thursday. They had an open screening, so we were able to uh, uh, get, a, get across some things there that people liked. Here's uh, uh, a friend of ours, as mentioned before, at the REI stand. Yeah, you know that. Diagnosing the <laughs> You were looking to go higher with it? Is Are they your pawn stars? Yeah, yeah, they want this one, yeah. We're, we're looking at an old uh, bike here, and a lot of people think, oh, God, i got to save this bike. I'll make a lot of money on Pawn Stars or something else. And we, we like to tell people that, uh, you know, uh, rather than look at it like your bike is, is going to make you a lot of money if you keep it around, why don't you just use it? That'll, that'll probably save you immensely more money than keeping it around as some showpiece uh, because it is old. And, and uh, I like to see it used and, and maybe uh, fortified in that sense. And, and we get a lot of people at the bike oven that are always saying that, like, Ooh, how much is it really worth? How much can I get for it? And while we don't uh, uh, deal with uh, buying bikes, we, we do deal with donations. And we tell them, you know, it's probably better to feel the donation is uh, enriching somebody else's life that doesn't have a bike. Um, I, I, I noticed on a couple occasions there have been some uh, documentaries at the Bike Film Festival and a couple other things about shipping bikes off to Asia and shipping bikes to, uh, of all places, Africa and, and, and things like that and how they're enriching people's life there. And I'm thinking, well, they don't have to go that far. <laughs> There's people that use their bikes literally if they don't have a bike t uh, to get to work tomorrow, they don't go to work. And so uh, we, we're doing a little bit of a different service than maybe uh, recreation or the weekend bike there. Anyway, it is uh, Kill Radio, uh, KPFK and the podcast. It's Bike Talk. Here's somebody we met, a friend of ours, at uh, the REI booth. You should go check out the uh, biker way booth too. Absolutely. I think Where's the, that at? Probably at like the near, near the court or the uh, government building. All right, all right. Yeah, They're so. giving out. Better free things than REI doing? Uh, no, I mean... No, I thought know. they had like a Los Angeles, like maybe bike and you get to climb it just like the one over oh, here. Oh yeah, perhaps, I don't know. Yeah, like a ladder, yeah. <laughs> yeah this maybe. is great. Well, we've been asking every day, what, what was their favorite thing? I mean, what you... We, we had a switch take. Like, you really want this higher? We got plenty for we had a switch tape, and they're still working on that the old bike, getting the seat uh, post up. Put the post in the bench vice. It works. I've also heard, like, if you take about the bottom bracket, that's a good time to, like, turn it over and, and tea tree oil or, or something. Oh, yeah, you could totally do that. Spray some, or some uh, liquid wrench yeah. in there. Yeah. That would work. That'll release it, and then you can get a longer pull. Definitely. But let me, uh, I'll get this back on for you. Awesome, man. So, quickly while you're doing this, oh, favorite yes. thing. I enjoyed riding here this morning. I rode to work through closed down streets from my house in Koreatown. I thoroughly enjoyed that. You're in Koreatown too? Yeah. So am I. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So, 
That was pretty awesome. I uh, enjoyed that a lot. And I had a pretty good veggie sausage. I saw the, you. Yeah. That was veggie? Well, one of them was. Ah, I was ah. testing it out. It was pretty good. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's so, what you do here. New yeah. food. Yeah. And look, he was doing this as I speak. Okay. Yeah, fixing a, a rack. I'm to put rack. this back on the bike right now. Awesome. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. So, uh, let me check. Good, good. Good to see you out here. Yeah, it's Yeah, that's right. Close enough. I love it. I love it when guys on Cannondales are looking at like the old bikes going, yeah, look at that. Oh, like, yeah. This is totally like a new level of vintage bike porn. I love that. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very nice. And it's good. Electric assist? Yeah. This is great because it looks like a regular bike, man. It's, it's, that it's fancy kind of crap. disguised. Yeah, it's, it doesn't make a, it doesn't shout it no, out. No, but I, I bet you it's 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 a lot more economical to do this than it is for some of those. Well, ones. I'm old, you know. I'm old. No, not I just, today. I get, my first Social Security check is coming next month. Ah, uh, I couldn't God tell. I couldn't tell. And, but, uh, this gets me up the hill. Yeah, the hills I, don't stop me anymore. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't think that's something that people appreciate. Like, this is a good intro bike for a lot of people too. Beautiful you, big you get, frame. You get yeah. strong. No, I mean not this, yours. I mean oh, you get yeah. strong. Yeah. Uh, you and still then, have and the then, pedal. Yeah. Still and, pedal. and then after a while, you'll, you'll, you can either, you know, the battery dies. You're gonna have to get home. You know. Yeah. And, and it's great because now there's options besides, you know, uh, pedaling back. I live metro, in the I have places I want to go in the hills. I think it makes sense, you know. I, it'll get me there. It's really nice. Yeah. I, I love the fact that you've done it's, some modifications. It's this an old. Great. It's an old Fuji folding quick, frame. Quick release on the top of the headset. You know why? You this, can fold this. This is no way. This is a folder. See, there's the two. There's the two oh, access that is, points. Oh, I love Front it. wheel goes around next to the back wheel. Wow. It's a you know then it's a ton of metal you got to drag around. If you're trying to put it on the train or something, it's no fun. But, but still, it will fit in the trunk of a car this way. So, very nice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's my first project like this. I'm going to build some more. But I'm going to use uh, a regular uh, dedicated bike frame right. next time instead of a, a compromise. You did this yourself? Yeah. Wow. This well, is like an engineering thing. Well, hey, do you it's have a, a do-it-yourself do do kit. But you know who I'm buddies with is John. From Flying Pigeon. Oh, cool. So, I, I, I'm friends with Peter and the guys over at Coco's. Oh, awesome. So, they've been watching me do this and they've been helping me with it. Uh, Andrew trued up my back wheel after I put about five miles on it and it got a little bit loose. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Matt and I are talking about maybe safety wiring the spokes to keep, or, or, keep you know it what? tight. Borrow something from Bike Polo. You know, maybe maybe oh, yeah. one of those little uh, screens on the back or something. That might work. Yeah. Oh man, hey, great bumping into you. Good, Good luck. To see Good you luck. Again. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna keep in touch about this bike. Absolutely. This is, this is nice. Yeah. Uh, you can anytime you. Uh, yeah. The, you see know, John. John sees me. Yeah, kind of yeah. On a regular you know, basis. it's it's funny because um, there was a uh, an article in Dwell, and they were talking about the same thing. It's like people wanted you to cut your bike and put in a. A hinge, and I like that idea. Yeah, I have two of these frames, yeah. and I thought it would work 
and it kind of does. So it's great. You know, it's uh, yeah. The, the the original comes with folding pedals and stuff. Yeah, too, but still. I those off. Yeah, I mean, I did the same thing. We got mountain bike pedals. They're stronger right. sometimes in the street. Right, and they're better. The original for ones shoes. like snapped. Like God knows how long ago. On a ride, and I still made it back. Excuse me, real quick. All right, take care. Take care. We've run into somebody on the on the thing. Bobby, you're in the shade here. Let me get you in the sun. Here. Bobby, this is Bobby Gata, who actually uh, was the originator of uh, Seek La Via. Um, what I mean, originator, he, he visited it when it was in um, uh, Bogota, Colombia, where the mayor then, Jaime, uh, was looking at it as uh, a deterrent for um, things like the social ills of society, like crime and stuff. He, he figured if people came out um, that were afraid to go on the streets because of cars and drive-by shootings or something, if you just banned the cars and, and got people out there on their bikes or walking or something, they could uh, alleviate the crime rate. And sure enough, crime dropped in his uh, um, in his. Uh, administration and we, he was able to uh, they continue to do this now and uh, they've, they've seen the city flourish almost coming back so in this sense uh, it, it there were some social ramifications of, of getting on your bike and enjoying your city that way um, obviously it's harder to hide a, a, a shotgun on a bike but hey we're gonna try no we're just kidding uh, but here anyway is Bobby who discovered it with uh, I think her name is uh, well, uh, I'm, I, we're going to let him talk. You're in the shade here. Let me get you in the sun. Here. Bobby, we, we saw you this week. They, they talked to you on a couple different things, uh, uh, venues, and, and we even saw an article in the weekly about you last week. What do you think about this cyclovia? It's like it's four. Great. It's the best yet. Even bigger. Even bigger. Yeah. Where do you see cyclovia going? Maybe more miles? Uh, yeah, no, I see it being everyday permanent. No cars. <laughs> That's the next step. And I'm laughing, and you're dead serious, right? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The economy has pushed people onto bikes in a lot of yeah, areas. Yeah, yeah. We've seen uh, the formation of, of uh, let's just say, some bike collectors yeah, yeah, in places yeah. that we never would think about it. But these are like, these are like working, working bicyclists. I'm thinking about Visa Libre, yeah, yeah, yeah. Visa Digne. Yeah, everyone's out here. Rich, poor, young, old, stupid, smart. So that idea of bikes everywhere, Sober, it sounds like, like it's... Uh, Everyone's here. It might expand. Yeah, yeah. All right, good talking to you, All right, you're, you're obviously in a hurry. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd be in a hurry, too. Get out of here. <laughs> so Bobby was... Bobby was on his tall bike with his girlfriend that day. Uh, he had, uh, I guess, warning tape all over it. I don't know if that was warning tape because of his bike or what. Yeah. Oh, she just turned it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the top is the same. So, I noticed you have a tall bike too. I do. Is this like the next phase? The hipsters are going to be riding these, you think? I think so. They're really fun. Right. These are both Bobby's. Yeah. Um, there should be there should be your first stuff at uh, home next door. There's also one over in uh, the middle of town. Yeah. Full. Um. What what a day, huh? What a day. Good. Hey, 
So the kids from uh, uh, Bobby's built his bike with uh, the bottom reversed, and of course, uh, that's right. The the hub is the same uh, for his tall bike. But if you really want to talk to Eskers about tall bikes, I would I would venture over to the Los Angeles website and try and get a hold of him. Maybe even visit the mansion down there if you dare. And a lot of people say. Oh, my God, the mansion. Is this like something out of uh, a Charles Adams kind of thing? Yes. In some senses, it is like visiting Pugsley and Wednesday, the next generation who've grown up and now they're on bikes. Uh, but uh, uh, these guys do great services. And, in fact, uh, they've, they've had their week of Los Angeles uh, things. I know on the last one it was uh, their anniversary. So I'm looking forward to new things. And uh, with that, coming up, uh, not this week, but next week is, that's right, Bike Week in Los Angeles. So um, we'll be highlighting that next week, uh, maybe playing a couple things for you in a minute or two. But uh, right now, it is the full moon. And uh, let me remind you that tonight, yes, it's the Ovarian Cyclists. And uh, we had them on last week. But uh, here's the interview we did for, with them at Ciclavia. It is uh, Bike Talk here on Kill Radio and KPFK on the podcast. But today it's about the ovarian cyclists, right? Yes, it is. Well, at least on this corner. <laughs> well, well, uh, exactly what is an ovarian cyclist? Ovarian cycle, it can represent many females. Sometimes you don't even have to be a have ovaries to be a female, you know, but um, we're basically an all-female collective. We ride um, all over LA trying to raise awareness on cycling, social, community issues, um, and we believe that we can cure ourselves in many ways, physically, emotionally, spiritually, through cycling, basically. Wow. Only that, huh? All of that and more. <laughs> But more important, you guys are moving into a new space soon. That's that's yeah, yeah. the plan. Absolutely. Yeah, we are. We've been training ourselves to um, actually, you know, be able to put a bike together. You know, put it apart, put it together. Right. You come by the bike oven for some classes. Yeah. Uh, and some bike oven. Uh, we're trying to work with as many bike collectors as possible to to prep ourselves to the big for the big opening. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that in mind, you're doing some branding now. We noticed that there's some T-shirts here and things, right? <laughs> yeah, our, it's become pretty popular, so people keep asking me for them. So I think it's pretty. It's now, cool. if I'm not here today at the event, or somebody's watching this, where how could they get a hold of you? Uh, we we have a website. You, we could shoot you uh, more info through there. You can find us on Facebook. Um, the social network. Yeah, yes. social network. With us, if you really want to, you know, you can always get together on our rides. And so, we'll, we've been selling them through there. So I noticed in the background, it's it's occupied and stuff. <laughs> It's yeah, great. that was already there. We just didn't want to disrespect and bring no, it down. No, no, but that's a great idea. Yeah, it's but like we they support all work it. together. We support it and, you know, we have our well, there. A lot, of, a lot of the women that started or were and occupied are in the ovarian cycle. Yeah, so. Magali. Magali and Sun Hands. There's a couple girls that occupied. We all supported, you know, just some of us were, were uh, more available than others. So I noticed. You've got the tees on. We're seeing these. What what other kind of uh, shirts? Um, we have uh, ovary so <laughs> ovary so big. We don't need no fucking balls. Um, <laughs> and we have these. We got Ciclavia. 
design. Uh, what else we have? What? It's basically we trade. A lot of the girls in the collective are artists, so we try to give up, you know. Everybody a chance to uh, design something. Yeah, empower them. Yeah, so empower them. Yeah. And, and even then, the yeah. kids are coming. This is the next generation, Yoli. Um, you know, we're training them to be young. <laughs> so, say hi, Yoli. Hi. Oh, this is fantastic. I want to thank you for telling What was your first name again? Andy. I Andy. go by Blackbird. Okay. Very nice to meet you. <laughs> So what's really great is you do your rides, I love it. On the full moon, pretty awesome. Oh yeah. Huh? She wants to tell you about her clitoral mass ride. Oh absolutely. The clitoral mass is gonna be held August 31st and it's gonna be on the full moon. I mean on the blue moon. Oh I like that. Yeah, so, so we're excited so about that. So forget all those Elvis songs. Come out for the blue moon with your brain cyclist. Yeah, not blue balls, blue balls. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> Are you going to be going to any kind of uh, sites that were big in, in like uh, uh, feminist history or, 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 you know? Are we planning on doing that? Yeah, yeah. That might be a good idea, actually. We're trying to see if we could do like a, a tour to Heights, you know, and have like a little tour of Boyle Heights. Oh, that's cool. I yeah, like that. So that's going to be in the, in, yeah. in the makings. Probably at your Plaza, a couple other places. Yeah, a couple other places. Yeah. All right, hey, thanks for talking to us. All right, see ya. Yeah. Ciao. Came up from Milan, from Long Beach. Oh, you did? Yeah. Nice, thank you. Yeah, um, we have girls coming up. Ready to go? Imagine having some keys. Well, you know what happened? Oh, yeah, I, I, like, I do that. I put it so I like, when I'm walking around, I want to have my country. Oh, my God. Oh, my That of course, uh, the Beastie Boys, Adam, uh, we we heard uh, was fighting cancer, and um, he actually uh, got to a point here where I guess, uh, well, he he put on the good fight. Anyway, um, we'll hear more about that later, but on talk is cheap. But right now, um, here's more from that's right, Ciclavia recapping some of the events. This one was at the bike pole.
Hey, how's it going? Alright, make the run? Uh, I wanna, I wanna get in there. Oh, yeah. You got extra power? Nacho! Nacho! Yes, that's me yelling out Nacho, who's in real polo. But uh, we joke about it here in bike polo. Bike polo is a game that uh, I, they, they haven't really figured it out, but I guess they started riding on bikes soon after they... The game was devised, and uh, uh, there's pictures of it back in the, God knows, from the, the teens. And um, uh, there's even some in the, in the new book that Steve Ray did uh, with, uh, of all people, uh, 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 Anthony Perkins having a bit out there with, of all things, using a, a, uh, a inverted uh, umbrella as a... Uh, sort of a uh, mallet hitting around a tennis ball out there. So uh, Polo making a resurgence. This was at the, uh, the, apparently there was a parking lot that was on the Ciclovia route that was going to be blocked off. And so while it was blocked off and no cars were traveling on the road, um, the bike Polo community decided, hey, we'll just bring in some nets and a bit of, uh, of, um, goal retention and what have you, uh, but a impromptu bike polo thing. We spent a little bit of time there. Uh, and then later in the afternoon, um, I, I myself got into a game and uh, learned that it's not all about offense. <laughs> but anyway, here's, here's me earlier at bike polo. Is it like the mind game? You take a prisoner? So I, I have been warned that uh, there's very little, uh, <laughs> let's just say, con <coughs> uh, uh, almost what, what we talk about. There is the phone. Hello. Bike talk. Hello? Hey, uh, is this Michael? Yeah. Hey, this is Nick for Bike Talk. Hey, Nick. And you are Michael from Nutcase Helmets. Yeah. And that's great. Thank you for calling in. Yeah. And um so tell me tell me the I I I got it. Tell us about uh, nutcase. Hey, I had to turn the volume. I, I had to turn the volume up here. Oh. <laughs> so I could hear you. Oh, sorry. Um yeah, it's kind of low on my end. But uh so you are the what would you call your position of nutcase? Uh founder, owner, president. So you started it. What's that? So you started the whole. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I started it uh, six years ago or so, two thousand five, two thousand six, right in there. Okay. So just how did, how does that happen? How does somebody start a helmet company? 
<laughs> uh, it's a little odd. Um, you know, I came up with an I did. I made a helmet. I've always been a, a all sports kind of a person. I was at Nike for ten years, and I made a helmet for a game for football that was between Oregon, Oregon State, in two thousand, and it was a it was a kind of a brain bucket style of helmet that we make now. You know, and um, I put on this helmet. I taped it all up to look like Oregon State because I grew up in Corvallis, Oregon State is, and then on the on the helmet, I super glued these four-inch um, screws and slammed these rubber duckies on the screws, and that was the mascot for the University of Oregon, the ducks. Mm-hmm. And went to the game with this helmet that was a fan helmet, you know. Right. And at the game, there was so much response to this crazy helmet that it, I started to think afterwards, maybe there's something about helmets and, and individual expression and creativity that could be something. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I didn't know. I, who knew, right? Um, well, the next helmets, couple of years. Yeah. Oh, for the next couple of years, that I let that just I I started to think a little bit more. Look at the helmet market, and I realized a lot of them don't they don't look so great. You know, the graphics are kind of lame, and nah, people complain about how they look in their helmet or whatever. And one thing led to another, and I just started developing this this idea that could be something where people wanted to wear their helmet because they liked it a lot and and that's what started right. the started nutcase going well that is so important because you know a lot of kids don't wear helmets because they think they don't look good a lot of grown-ups grown-ups the same yeah. they don't want to wear it or you know it depends on who you are but a lot, a lot of them a lot of uh you know 35 and older you know most when i'm when i'm 40 something you know we didn't wear helmets growing up you yeah. know and uh now they, they kind of think twice about it, want to put their kids in a helmet or something. They want to role model themselves for them, and they go, well, I've never liked helmets. <laughs> Either they, don't look, they don't think they look good at them, or they just don't like them, or whatever, whatever reason, you know. Well, it's interesting, and, yeah. 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 Go ahead. Well, you were, were going to say. No, that, no that's just it. That, that, and, you know, so far, after six years, that's a lot what people tell us is that, you know, I wouldn't. Even dealers out in, in in Holland, you know, which one of the light country of the world, there, they are, you know, pretty much don't like to wear helmets, you know, and they're kind of born with a bike, right? Mm-hmm. But they've told us if I had to wear a helmet, I'd wear yours. <laughs> so it was like kind of a nice uh, backhanded compliment, but it was okay. Well, in Holland and those places, they don't really need helmets as much because they have infrastructure that makes biking safe. Exactly. Yeah, they have a whole different, a whole different world. But um, I thought it was interesting. So you were, you were a director at Nike before you? Yeah, career director for ten years. I was, you know, so I'm in Portland. You know, we live in Portland, and Nike's just across the hill here in Beaverton. And what was your job there? Uh, well, I was career director in apparel for apparel graphic design for four or five years, and then I was career director in image design for Nike, which is kind of the brand brand identity, um, looking linking into advertising retail. So you were already thinking along these lines. I mean, that was what you did. Yeah. I've always been that kind of a brand creative director who establishes what the brand or the company should look like, how it should behave from a visual standpoint, what its messaging content should be, and how to extend that out into its uh, retail and its products. And So I, 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 when I left Nike in 2000, I started a brand strategy agency, and our clients were also in sport. So ESPN, the X Games, 
uh, colleges, uh, Kentucky Derby, Notre Dame, all these different sports clients. And that's what we would do is go in there and define, redefine their brand identity and how that brand identity needs to extend out into their products and services. Can you explain brand identity? Um, the, um, I guess the DNA, the, the, the visual DNA of a company, if it's Nike, it's Nike's logo and it's, it's, it's different logos and components. It's core language and messages trying to translate to the audience through both through product through services, through its retail channels. You know, what is the heart and soul of the company and how does it get portrayed through visual and text-to-text means? So a company like Nike, um, I don't know if it ha- would have the same kind of mission as a company like Nutcase. It, what, can you... <laughs> Probably not. Well, global domination, that one? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, ours, yeah, but there's, I don't know. They, it, ours is... It would be the most creative helmet company on the planet, you know. Mm-hmm. Get Help people get into helmets and want to wear their helmets because of the design of them, the function of the design, are working harmoniously. So how do you get people, is that really enough to get somebody to wear a helmet, you know, just that it looks cool? Well, so it's a big, I guess it's probably a big part of it. It's probably the, one, of the, one of the biggest parts of it is how does it, you know, you know how, how does it look? How does it look on them? How does it feel? How, does it, how comfortable is it? Does it fit them well? I mean, there's certain that's the the form and function part has to kind of work all together. It can't be a bad fitting helmet, you know. I mean, there's all those things that are that play a big role. Um, and there's going to be just pure performance stuff where it has to be a certain breathability, has to be a certain light, a certain weight for different kind of riders and whatnot. You know, where where Nutcase is, which is more of a little more of a mainstream. Um, kind of family-oriented, all-purpose-oriented product. You know, there's, there's a lot of picking out the one, you know, this helmet over here fits me, I'm going to pick the one I like the best now. And that might just be literally the way it looks, you know, mm-hmm. after they've sort of said, oh, that fits me good. So what and it's helped, it, so far to date, it's actually it's done pretty well in terms of um, being an, uh, an alternate, an alternative helmet choice for, um, cyclists and, and then new cyclists to the market people are coming, like I said earlier people are coming in and wanting maybe want to get a new bike because they hadn't been biking in a while mm-hmm. and now they want to do and then they might be whatever age and get bikes for their kids and they go you know I could wear that helmet mm-hmm. so when somebody's trying to buy a helmet what what do you look tell them to look for or how do they decide you know when you get a helmet how, is there a lot of complexity into getting the right fitting helmet uh, I don't, you know, this, these days it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, I think it's pretty fairly simple. I mean, people's heads, like your feet, are a, little, are a bit different. I mean, folks have wide, folks have narrow, folks have square or round. Mm-hmm. So that can be, you know, for the most, most of the population, it's pretty much you can get a decent, a pretty good fit with um, the retention systems now that are out, that have been out there, particularly in bike for a while, you know. Um, in our case, we've, when we added the, the, the spin dial retention system, which is different from most, um, you know, like our, our helmet is kind of shaped more like what you think of skate and multi-purpose helmets. Mm-hmm. Um, and those typically don't have the retention fit systems in them where you just dial down in the back. Mm-hmm. And that has, I think, helped a lot for a greater group of folks who can fit a, a helmet like ours pretty well because with inter- 
when you put, talk about putting inner, uh, adding foam pads inside to make them, you can kind of customize the, the um, thickness of the interior foam pads, which provide the comfort, and the dial system, which provides a greater fit for the front forehead, which keeps the helmet, the front, more locked down on right above the eyebrows versus being flipped back up, which happens a lot in the skate-style helmets where you see kids running around or kids riding around and their helmets are almost falling off the back of their head, you know. Mm-hmm. So it has become better to get a um, good fit and a, a fit that lasts longer while you're riding. So yeah, so when you talk to kids or anybody, grown-ups, mm-hmm. about the importance of wearing a helmet, what do you tell them? Well, well, we just tell them that, any, you know, it's, I mean, look, it's just like uh, a lot out there. There's a lot more, there's more cars these days. There's, the roads are not getting necessarily bigger in our town. Like, I'm looking, we're here in downtown Portland, and, you know, it's the same roads that have been here forever, but the cars are bigger, um, just more congested. And anything can kind of happen out there. So, you know, these days, you know, like, like our kids and the kids that are growing up, because I've got two kids, and they... They're the ones actually were putting the helmets on their heads and telling the parents more to put their helmets on. It's kind of a mm. little bit of a turnaround, I think. Mm. You don't really have to tell the kids anymore. They, they just, at least now that's our city. I don't, that could be different in mm. different parts of the, of the country, you know. Mm-hmm. But up here, uh, I we notice it a lot. The, it's, the kids are all got their helmets and they seem to don't really put up a big fuss. I've notice more of the adults don't want to do the helmet. If there's an issue, it's more of the uh, young adults who, you know, want their own freedom to say, I'm going to put my helmet on or not. It's up to my own choice, you know. But the kids kind of like, I'll put a helmet on. There's kids who who get our helmets, I think mostly because of the graphics, and they just put them on immediately and we'll run around the house in their helmet. We've got people just write us and tell us mm-hmm. this stuff, you know. And I got to think it's because of the visual particularly when you're young and you're so easy to go, oh, that looks cool, that looks fun, I'll put that on. You know, and then you just run around with it. (laughs) Yeah, and they could, like, (laughs) run into walls and bounce off. Yeah, they just kind of like putting it on, you know. Mm -hmm. They're so kind of easy. Um, When something is so kind of Mm eye-catching and candy-like, they they just go with it quickity-quick. I mean, so the kids are almost... In a way, you don't have to do a whole lot of rationale with kids. I think it's more for adults where it becomes a little bit more. They've already either worked up an idea in their head that helmets are bad or helmets are good, you know, and I like this one for fit and looks or and or not, you know. Mm-hmm. So do you get stories about people surviving accidents because of your helmets and things like that? Yeah, we've got quite a few. We've got about a dozen or so on our website of people just, you know, they write, they've been writing us for a long time, and we've been collecting them and, you know, sharing them with our dealers and distributors and whatnot. And then, you know, finally, so we, geez, we should share this. Because, yeah, there are folks who just write. I mean, they, <laughs> and it's all kind of, some of them are hair-raising. I mean, it, you know, we just, they just, because it's just the way it is, I guess, you know. I mean, like I said earlier, it's just, Maybe it's just the congestion. Maybe there's just because the, you know now there's F three fifties out there with whatever on the road, and it's and you know people get hit and and so you know I don't know that it's it's not like it's uh, it's nutcases helmet versus bells or zeros or something like that. It's just that they had it on, right? 
Um, and that, and that, and the, the, the big story that really set us into going, wow, this is really something. It was in 2009, and, you know, the father in Boston, Hugh O'Neill, wrote to us. So this is the first letter I think we got, in fact. Or maybe it was, well, maybe not the first one, but dang close. And said his kid, Jack, was on his bike riding and got hit and was airlifted to Boston, Mass. And the doctor told him probably would have either been seriously injured or died or whatnot, right, if he hadn't had his helmet on. And, they, and the only reason he was wearing his helmet is because he, he was nutcase and he liked the graphic. It was a graffiti graphic. And his friend um, was riding 20 yards behind him, didn't have a helmet on, and if his friend had been, if it had been flipped, his friend had been ahead, and his friend might probably would have had to deal with you. And we were, just raised the hair in our back of our neck, you know, when he read that email from him and then they sent pictures of his helmet and got him a new helmet and all that stuff. But so we, we do get quite a bit, you know, and again, it's mostly kind of urban, you know, urban environments. You know, something happens, hit and run, there's been a few hit and run type things or mm-hmm. somebody even just fell. <laughs> and, you know, you hit, the, you hit the ground in the wrong spot and that right. could be really bad or it could be, you, you could be okay. It's one of those one of those things, but we do get quite a bit of stories now. I guess you don't get the stories about where they weren't wearing the helmet. I don't, th- I, I'm trying to think of I've gotten any, yeah, you're right, well, if it is, um, yeah. we've gotten a lot, there's been, uh, no, there's been a couple with somebody did, and I'm trying to recall where they, I mean, they kind of got messed up, you know, and, uh, but I don't know that, I don't know where those are, but um, there's been some really wicked stories, I mean, really kind of gruesome pictures that have come over, and uh, I, it's been a kind of amazing, actually, you know, it's really, I mean, they're wearing them because they really, because they like the graphics and the name, but that's that's the biggest part of it, you know, because mm-hmm. most of the helmets, you know, you've got to pass CPSC, they have to be a, 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 a standard of safety, I mean, there's just no way to be on the market, really, so from the safety standpoint of a particularly like an accident, you know, you're going to get, you're going to get hit decent. And you get, you know, obviously if you get drilled by a truck, you might not make it no regardless if you had a helmet. I think it's kind of the things that are where you get bumped or knocked over and you, you really, you roll and you hit something and you're kind of injured. How, in how tough, how, how, diff, how badly injured are you is the stuff that we get and where they feel like they, they dodged a bullet, you know, Right. By having a helmet on, right? You know, I don't know that it's really changing statistics. You know, in the in the whole big helmet debate, but um, there are definitely those people who feel glad I had a helmet on, right? Yeah, and we get a lot of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, I met a guy once who had been uh, who had got knocked off his bike when he wasn't wearing a helmet. He um, uh, he couldn't remember how he got there, and he just had I, I had I had met him. We exchanged numbers, and, and and he just had my number, and and he said, um, you know, who are you? <laughs> and I and um, I just met him once, you know, and uh, I I he's like I just know that knew that uh, I had I was looking at your phone number, and I took that as a, some kind of a uh, omen. Thank you. Yes, right. I should always wear wow. a helmet, but um. Is there a difference between your other helmets and bike helmets? Like they all kind of look kind of skateboardy. Is there like a different, uh, like you you make uh, snowboard helmets, mm-hmm. and you make bike helmets? Is there a difference? Mm-hmm. 
they're different. Yeah. Um, from the safety standpoint, there isn't really a. I mean, they all have to meet their very similar safety standards, right? From an impact perspective. Um. Yeah. They, they, yeah whether it's the snow or the bike um, or motor or water or whatnot. Um. There is really kind of comes down to just the you know how much in the environment. Obviously, warmth uh, is an issue over in snow. Um, and other bike helmets, it's obviously, you know, there's some that with just more breathability. Ours is the harder shell, you know, more like it's like you think a skate, of course. And then, um, you know, we're just going to more, more general breathability. It's, it's a more of an all-purpose helmet, our current, you know, street helmet. Um, after that, you know, they're really, consistencies are, should be a comfortable fit. And in our mind, that's what our, our other helmets, they, they, we try to hit the sweet spot of what most people would feel comfortable in so that they can adjust pads in the interior so that it feels comfortable to their head, mm-hmm. kind of get the fit that they like. That's why in the, the dial for the, for the street has helped undo that. And so the, most of those think on that we have a dial on the uh, snow that's coming or the new snow that's going to have the dial fit in there. So, you know, they all have to they all basically meet the, you know, it's comfort style and safety and, you know, protection. And, and we kind of keep it at that. And then from, from there, we kind of were looking towards other things like going maybe up the ladder and bicycle, maybe with a lighter weight shell, mm-hmm. um, you know, so that more of the road race crowd, you know, try to see if we, you know, if there's, because there's interest that people ask us, why don't you make something that, you know, is, that I, w- I could wear with <laughs> hot as hell and I'm riding 10, 15, 20 miles, you know. Right. Right now, I wouldn't say we do that. <laughs> do, you, do you have that uh, one? Do you no, have? we don't. When uh, that's what people are asking us right. for. So we're working towards right, cool. that type of a helmet. That would be so you're a lighter weight in mold. More you think of traditional bicycle helmet, right? Mm-hmm. But a little bit of where the nutcase helmet looks to be today. So we, we have right. it called Metro Ride, and we've been, we're finishing up our production of that helmet, and it's a lighter weight. Um, not as super breathable as like a mega, um, you know, aerodynamic helmet, mm-hmm. but in between our helmet, our current street, and then kind of a race helmet. So you got your mm-hmm. commuter who might go do um, you know, small tours, small, small trips, mm-hmm. that type of that type of um, of participant. Hmm. I'd like to try that. Yeah, so, I work all the ship. We're we're work, actually we're working on that. Cool. <laughs> in development should be soon. Nice. Um, so. Um, you're developing all stuff. So, it, it with uh, the popularity of bike share programs, more bicyclists on the road because of the environmental reasons or you know the economic reasons. Uh, there's more. Maybe there is there is there helmet legislation uh, that's that's coming out more that more states passing laws requiring bikes bikers to wear helmets. There's uh, there's a lot of debates about helmet legislation. No doubt. Um, I don't know if there's you know, how much more there's going to be. I know Canada was looking at some legislation of their own. Um, I don't know the latest or what they're, if there actually is going to be some sort of adult helmet law around bicycles like from a federal standpoint. Um, you know, I, I keep in track of um, helmet, uh, Randy Swart at helmets.org a bit, and he, he kind of writes about a lot of the different helmet laws and such, and there's a ton of debate, you know, and it all comes comes from all over the world about whether to do that or not. 
Um, one thing that we do know is just that people are more and more wanting to wear helmets. So, you know, because our business keeps on growing rapidly in order to meet the demand out there for people who want, want to wear more helmets and they want to look good in it and they want it to be comfortable and all that stuff, you know. <clears throat> so, yeah, the bike share programs, um, and we're working with a couple on that as well, and we're excited about that. And that, that seems to be growing quite a bit. And uh, like we're working with the folks to go to New York and then a few other things. Um, quite a, I don't know, I'm going to say a dozen other U.S. cities here in the next couple of years. Really? You, you, Nutcase is working with the yeah. bike share programs? Yeah, Alta, Alta up here actually is doing these bike share programs. We're going to be working with them. We're coming up with ideas of how to help them and support them. Because right now what they do, they've got a lot of these bikes, right? But then the reports are showing that, I don't know, that some people don't wear their helmet or they're, or they're not wearing them as many or whatever. But they need a helmet program to kind of go with this bike program. And it's been a problem nobody's really solved yet. Like, I think that, that uh, I want to say it was Melbourne has, like, um, a out of vending machines helmets. Have you ever heard of that? No. Okay. Yeah, they... This was just last week we were meeting with the folks at Alta. They're up here in Portland. And then, I don't know, it doesn't sound like it's working very well. You know, I, I, part of it is that they maybe give them, put in there the cheapest helmet they can they, find. They have a, and I don't know a, that's what, why. They must have working, a, what kind of, <laughs> I'm trying to picture a bike helmet vending machine. It seems like it would be like Me too. 10 feet tall. And, I, I, I don't know. Wow. It's like, I don't know, it must be huge, right? I but but apparently it's not. I from what I gathered, it wasn't working very well. So there's. I think it's like how do you come up with a program where somebody would actually rent, let's say, rent a helmet, uh, and then you know you got the whole head thing. Okay, so you can spray the pads with like what you spray your bowling shoes with, right? <laughs> you know, and do it that way. But um, to create that program takes a lot of effort and logistic issues and price issues and ah, da, 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 it goes on and on. So I think there, there's some things, but we're, we're going to work with Alta to come up with, figure that out. And um, so yeah, we're kind of excited about bike sharing. Dis- how about disposable helmets? Disposable. Well, styrofoam, maybe, just the stuff that goes safety, on the inside. Of maybe no? safety issues. I don't know. I have to sell the pass, you know, I've got to pass the CPSC. Um, who knows? You might have to develop. You have to develop something. There has been a, a helmet that was um, a kid out of the UK. Uh, we've talked about it a few times. A um, corrugated paper helmet, hmm. and um, it's very cool. Hmm. Um, and it passes <coughs> passes safety, the, wow. but it still it still has some development challenges because the paper has to come from India, and then you got to get that over to Asia or wherever, and then you got to get that. You know, it, then it has to pass. Blah blah blah. It's just, there's a lot involved <laughs> huh. again logistically actually yeah. make it happen but it's kind of cool and you wonder if that would work but i i kind of think that they're they would it would be too expensive to buy it from those guys you know so there seems like yeah. there's ideas out there it's just a matter of executing it that would that is what's difficult like with anything like that <laughs> you know who's going to pay for it right uh, all that stuff so so um- as you're, as you're looking at bike share programs, I mean, it's it's great for you guys that you are working with all these bike share programs. How did you get to be the helmet company that would be working with them? <laughs> you, know, I, you know, I think it's a similar deal earlier. It's like, people call us. I mean, the New York, uh, hmm. I think it was the DOT, um, my wife was also 
founder here with me, and wife. Then uh, our team is in New York this week for um, two different shows out there: the New Amsterdam show and then the uh, the Bike New York, uh, whatever it's called, show. Bike New York show, I think it's called. So they met with the DOT, and the DOT contacted us because they just want our helmets. Because they're they're saying the same thing that I was just saying earlier. It's like people know Nuggets; they like them, they want to wear them. You know, it's like um, if you like it, you use it, right? If you it's kind of that. It's no. It sounds really simple, but you know, it's kind of effective in that regard. And so that's what people have been contacted about this stuff. Is saying, like, for instance, in, in back in Melbourne or Australia, we have um, distributors down there. We did a another. It was not bike share. It was a bike rental agency, right? And they do bike tours around all around Australia. But they contacted contacted us because they just loved Nutcase and the graphic aspect of it that would draw people in and, and encourage people to take tours. Da, 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 da. So we made a special design for them, a graphic design, same helmet. And they've been running with that for, I think, three years now. We made 300 for them and candy apple red and all this stuff. So I think it's the, the kind of semi-custom nature of what we are in, in that regard. You know, it's a helmet that Passes safety, all that has a thing, so they know they know they can go check, check, check. All the things are good. Oh, and this can be kind of like for us, and people know it now. I think that's why people are coming to us and then, and then asking us to go help them, you know. And um, and that's yeah, that's kind of been going. That's kind of what's been happening. It's kind of like they've been pulling us through, right? You know, versus us going out and cold calling them. So you do you feel and, like you're riding a wave at all? Sorry, sorry. Do you feel that? like you're kind of riding a wave? A little bit, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, now our biggest thing is is just having the manpower to handle um, the requests, you know. Wow. We only still a small company. How do you recruit? <laughs> yeah. So it's good, but it is a lot, lot to handle. Well, so you're so, you're very, uh, you're very, you're all about design, right? So mm -hmm. how do you find people to, like, what kind of a, designers would be like the core of your company then like the the people who make the graphics and everything yeah we've had i've had a couple graphic designers for years who've worked with me back way back with nike even and um and then with the, my old design company and it's the same little core group you know <laughs> it's a small little team that's been doing all of the graphics and then we've we've um, contracted out for industrial design like on the one i was telling you about the metro ride that we're developing because you know I'm not an industrial designer. What is industrial? So, what, is, what I no. don't know what. The, when that, you say industrial design, is that? I mean, like a or? product design, like actual the actual the helmet itself. Oh. On the metro ride, you know, there are guys who you know, folks who, um, and someday that'd be great if we had our own on staff helmet design person who's like in the engineering of the helmet itself. You know, um, a lot of that now is handled between our you know, factories and their, their abilities from an art research and design standpoint. Mm -hmm. And in our case, you know, like, like I would imagine Giro, which is a pretty big company, has their own um, helmet design, right? Not the graphics part, but the actual helmet itself because they make so many helmets per year. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know you that. Know, yeah, and honestly, when we grow up, that'd be nice. <laughs> you've got, you know, we've got some core helmet designers who do the design, right? the Helmet oh. itself, then graphic designers, and and then marketing team, and all that. You know, so I can see that happening. We're looking online but, here at your original Oregon Ducks helmet. Yeah, right. <laughs> the sketch. Yeah. See the sketch. Yeah, that was 15 minutes after my last 
day at Nike, and I love Nike. I, love, I was brainwashed. I love Nike. But my last day, I wanted to go do this whole other thing. But my ex-boss at the time was a big Duck fan. I grew up, of course, Corvallis, Oregon State. So I made that sketch right after I left. And then that turned into that case, basically. It's kind of a helmet with ducks on it. So, uh, do you have stuff that like attaches to helmets now, like a mohawk or like? A, yeah, no, I get or? that. You know, it's one of those ideas. Like, yeah, we can see it. You know, it's just too much for us to handle developing. And then there's been some other people who are supplying those types of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we we kind of temp, we toyed with stickers and some other things. And yeah, it's the old same old deal though. Too many plates in the air and. Yeah, I can't, I, can't juggle at all. <laughs> I, I'd love to maybe try a unicorn helmet. Unicorn, that's awesome because we were just talking about doing that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Nobody, nobody fed you that idea to send it to me. Uh, you well, just thought about that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe <laughs> some friends said that. No, we were just making the unicorn helmet just, just like a few days ago. You're kidding? No, I swear. Yeah, we got. I'm. And, and if you could, if if the, if the horn if the horn could actually serve some uh, practical you know utility, uh, that would well, be. Well, you were thinking cool. actually actually a three D part unicorn. I was just doing a unicorn on my helmet, but oh. <laughs> unicorn coming out. Yeah. yeah. Like well, that could actually know. maybe, and, and it could actually be a horn. Like it could be a bike horn. Like it could be an air horn. That could, that would right, or a light, a light at the end of it, right. like uh, Rudolph. Exactly. That'd be funny. Um. So. Yeah. What, when you're going around, do you travel a lot? And like, what makes a good bike city, bike friendly city to you? Or have, what have you what have you seen that you've really liked in terms of? Oh, Copenhagen for sure. And we saw a lot of helmets out there in Denmark. We've done really well. Um, you know, I mean, it's just so different out there. I mean, Poland's a great bike city because people recognize the bikers. You know, I mean, you're always on the lookout if you're in your car. They're, they're respected, and then there are their skirmishes, no doubt. But uh, as a U.S. city goes, Poland's a great bike city. Mm. Um, over, you know, in Europe, it's just like, they're just so more cognizant of bicycles. Mm. It's not even like, it isn't even so much like another planet from the United mm. States. Um, you know, like New York city still, those taxi cabs go so fast, scares the crap out of me when I'm there. So, yeah. so but, um, almost all of those where you're feel free to walk and you're not, you're, you know, you're seen and you can <laughs> bike time gets stolen it, that just makes for a good city, you know. Munich is a great city that we've spent some time in because of different European trade shows, um, both for snow and for bike. There's one coming up here, bike dispo bike. Um, also great because it's easy to get around on a bike, um, and it's just a sense of safety, I think, which is great. So I can understand, like, even though we saw quite a few helmets in Europe, um, you know, folks aren't. It's not as maybe as urgent a sense of urgency i guess maybe i don't know what it is but they don't i don't like i don't feel as insecure i guess there you know than maybe here (laughs) you think the style of driving of of the cars is (laughs) although they drive like they drive super fast over there too um i think it's just more of a it's more secondhand that bicycle bicycling is part of way of life you know, I don't know that it's totally, again, I'm, I feel like Portland is a, a separate city from the rest of the United States, you know, but mm-hmm. uh, here everybody is very cognizant of bicycles and bicyclists, but I don't know that's the case um, 
Well, heck, I lived in Los Angeles for a long time, and it, I mean, to me, I was just car culture, you know. Right. Uh, it didn't seem like all bicycle. <laughs> so yeah. it just seems so foreign, you know. Maybe it's just by city by city in the U.S. Um, and even like, you know, okay, so in Tokyo, another great, I mean, yeah, cars don't go too fast. You know, people, don't, not a whole lot of helmet wearing. I mean, really, we do well <laughs> selling to the young kids, especially in a lot of these foreign countries, uh, uh, because it's a little bit more easy. It's a little easier for the parents to, to convince themselves for their child, not than themselves, you know. And so our we have a, our kids line is called Little Nutty, and that's kind of geared fits like a kid at say two and a half to five six years old, you know. And we do extremely well in that mm-hmm. outside of the United States, and here too, but definitely outside of the United States. And I, I think it's because people, you know, they just don't feel uh, as worried about riding a bicycle and getting in getting an accident. And right. all I can think of it is that. They're just seen. They're they're just more. Um, they're just it's a safer environment. I think people recognize and see them and take more concern over bicyclists <laughs> than maybe in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's my deductive reasoning. Um, so I don't know if you've listened to the to, to bike talk before, but we have uh, a host here called Chicken Letter, and he's in the studio, and he would like to ask you a couple questions, if that's all right. Sure. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Here you go. Hi, how are you doing today? Good. How are you doing? Ah, I'm good. I've been listening to your thing, and um, one of the things I notice is, uh, uh, and I've noticed it at different stores, is in that case, actually, uh, let's let's just say it, a lot of women are wearing your thing because I, I think it's not only the graphics, which are really great. I, I love the flower ones, and there's there's the polka dot ones and stuff, but they seem to be lighter. Uh, is, is that a, uh, just because of some of the... Uh, um, materials that you put into it are you are you working with uh, lighter materials to make it lighter that way or or maybe you can tell me more about that no it, i it's it's not necessarily lighter i think that it's um i think that it's the simple shape of it and this i think that the comfortable fit of the soft pads well, i think when when women put it on it comes down further in the back like i hear a lot of and I, there's, I don't know that there's any safety reason for this, honestly, because the, the traditional bicycle helmet passes the same thing, CPSC, just like ours does, right? But I have, over and over, when I was with fit women um, at events and whatnot, they just somehow like the idea that the helmet comes down on the back of their neck. I, I don't, uh-huh. And I, I really don't hear guys say that a whole lot. I, I honestly don't know what... There's nothing scientific to that, other than that that's what they've told me. And, and they, I think that there's something insecure about that with them because, because other, other, you know, other guys, Giro, Protect, Burn, their helmets come down the back of your neck as well, you know. It's still that covering. But in our case, we have definitely more kind of women, female graphics, you know, and that, that they, I think that the, they just kind of respond to the style and feel of Nutcase. The name is funny to them. It's more inviting. It's we're not we don't come off too much as like too serious, you know, about having to do things. We're kind of it's kind of quirky and a little goofier. And I think that you know women are open in a lot of ways. In some cases more open to new fun things and ideas than maybe some of the guys are. You know, 
I mean, I'm just speaking as a father. <laughs> We're not always the first ones to jump in on a new bright color or whatnot, you know, and, and, and a fun name or something. I think the women respond to the whole package. Because I don't know that necessarily that they would say about the lightweight or anything. I mean, we're definitely going more and more lightweight where we can. I mean, you lose something when you go that way. It's harder to put um, as nice a graphics on the lighter weight helmets um, in the production process because ours are all hand applied. They're not machine um, injected. They're not. They're not mean a machine um, applied like a stamped out, which is most of the bicycle helmets are. And I think women kind of respond to all that. The whole the whole thing, you know. Um, and so originally we recognized that it was the people wearing our helmets were women, kids, and dad is following. Like dad's coming along because he, he sees, oh, that's cool and all that. That's great. My wife's got that. The mom, the kids love it. You know what? I could wear that too. And he like wears maybe black (laughs) and that's okay. (laughs) You know? Yeah. We've also noticed that uh, on your website, you have a, a lot of, uh, links to YouTube about how to apply it, what's the rest size and stuff. Do you find that yeah. when people look at the videos, it helps them better when they're shopping for a helmet? Yeah, I think so, because it's, I think, it, you know, we used to get, before we did that, we would get some either emails or calls back, which took up a lot of time. So, just, you know, a lot of ways, is even though this, our style, this, this sort of skate style helmet has been out in the market in the world for, shoot, 40 years, um, not everybody, like a lot of the folks I was saying earlier who are just kind of getting back into bicycling a little bit, don't really know that you put the pads, that there's that there's a whole extra set of pads and you, you can Velcro those in and out, you know. And how should I wear it? I mean, I'm still amazed. Like, literally, we go to events, like the ones in New York I was saying that the group's at now, or here we have a lot of events here, and we will do helmets and we'll do fitting. And, I mean, it's almost like putting the shoe on the first time for a lot of people. So, in some respects, helmets is still a little bit archaic, you know, in terms of what people think of. I don't, there's a whole group of, again, I said earlier, if you're, if you're like me, you're over 35, 40, right, you didn't grow up with a helmet. It's a little intimidating, I think, mean, maybe, at first to think of putting a helmet on and um, how to do it and not, not do it right. <laughs> like, so... Yeah, the fitting videos have helped. Um, and I also looked at that, like the motorcycle companies, they really do a lot about that, too. They really, really work hard to help people understand a good fit because you really need a really good fit on the motorcycle. So it's kind of thinking of it that way, how to be the best resource, you know, for folks who want to put on a, a bicycle helmet or a snow helmet or whatever we have. Yeah, you've been talking about some of your events. Uh, we here in Los Angeles have got Bike Week coming up, too, uh, in the middle of uh, April. It may not be as publicized as some of the other events, like Carmageddon here and other things. But um, being in Portland, do you find that uh, because it's a bikeable city, that, uh, that helmets uh, make an inroad there uh, as opposed to other other places you were talking about uh, um uh, is it hard for us to make inroads here, or it seems like it would be easier because oh, easier. Oh, yeah, definitely, and also because we're from here, you know, we're it's a small, you know, like everything. It's a big world, but it's a small world, right? Every, we know everybody now, <laughs> all yeah. friends. So everybody kind of knows who we are, and we're here, so we're the local cat's pajamas, you know. And so it's kind of almost it's great, you know. Um, so, but in some respects, I think on from our standpoint, it's hard. Hard, harder 
because we're so ingrained into the culture here to know about all that, like that event you're talking about in Los Angeles yeah. or, you know, whatever, because it's harder, you know, there's only still only, you know, 10 or 12 of us here and we can't do everything and we don't know enough. We always, it's always the old thing. You don't know what you don't know, right? I don't know enough about all the other events in all the other cities. So it's, it becomes a little bit hard to make inroads other places yeah. because we, we need more people or we just need more information, right? And we get, you know, bogged down into the daily of here. So, like that Los Angeles, I would, yeah, we should be at that kind of stuff, but we don't, you know, we were at Monterey for the first time, uh, what, a week ago or two, or two weeks ago, and that was great. <laughs> but that was our first time going up there. It's more like know? a vacation than it does like a, a something to study or, or something, like a working vacation or something. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the events are fun for sure. I mean, it's actually a good way to live. <laughs> you know, going to bicycle events, that's kind of fun. So one one last thing was uh, I, I was looking at your site and uh, you're you're not like the usual uh, uh, corporate entity like like Nike or something. Uh, we we noticed uh, and I was looking at some of the graphics. If you're like me, you you're either going to want different styles of helmets to go with your mood or or maybe uh, I was looking at the Harrington graphics and realized that not only is it a great helmet, but you're making some donations to their cause. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, he, uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, Joey, right? Joey Harrington got hit. Sorry. So we, so we've made, we've done that with a lot of different things, but the Harrington one, he got hit up here during the summer and we already had these, uh, we had some great Oregon duck colored helmets and we wanted to find a way since he's a local hero here to take that, work with him, find a way to use his name and influence to help get other people spread a word about Hey, if Joey would have been, you know, if he, well, actually, he was, he ended up being okay, actually, because of his helmet, and that's a good thing. So, we've done some different things with, with any of that, like, um, I'm trying to think of another good example on other than the Joey one, but, you know, like, where, where somebody gets hit in an accident, and they they write us back, and we're going to exchange the helmet for them, you know, because we want them to have a new helmet, instead of having to go out and we'll get another one. So we've been, we've done that for since day one. That's why we got a lot of those letters earlier on, you know, from people and we would say, well, just send us that helmet. We'll send you a new one. Um, anything that kind of helps people understand that it was a good thing that Joey or whatever, or Joey or, um, you know, I'm Hugh, that little kid that I was talking about earlier had his helmet on. That's it. Seems to be a good thing to us. You know, Absolutely. I want to thank you. I'm going to hand the phone back to Nick right now. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks for talking. Hey, okay. So uh, one last question. What are you doing for May as Bike Safety Month? Well, let's see. We've got an, I think we've got some events here in Portland. Um, I don't know if we're necessarily per se doing anything. I don't think we've got a huge new event that we're, that we're doing other than uh, continuing to do all <laughs> catch up to all the events and all the safety things that we already are, are kind of thinking of. Um, so, you know, it's just continuing to sp spread the message of what we do, show people how we're doing it, continuing to improve um, our message about, you know, if you wear your helmet, you're going to be hopefully safer out there in the roads and, um, mm -hmm. and continue on. Cool. Well, Michael, thank you so much for calling. This was great. And Thanks, um, we're going to have uh, our Youth on Bikes show uh, every, I think, well, we're trying to have it every third 
Saturday. So, um, you know, we'll just, I mean, it's really important, I think, to try to figure out how to reach people about wearing helmets. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. I mean, and absolutely. And so, you know, anything else that we can do to help and be a part of, um, we would love to, to help and, and be involved. Well, I will definitely uh, keep you guys in mind. So, All right. And keep us in mind. All cool. Right. Thanks, Nick. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay, bye. All right, bye. Right. So now I'm going to look for a bike song to play. play a couple things as you know coming up is uh, uh, bike uh, bike week and here's bike week is recapped for us uh, a couple years ago uh, the blessing of the bikes we're gonna hear a little bit of it uh, we want you to get ready for it that's coming up uh, in in two weeks um, this week over at the bike oven we're gonna be doing a little bit of that's right um, suggestive repair on Wednesday that's not to say that you need to repair everything but it's also to uh, get ready for bike week come on in that's Wednesday over at the bike oven 7 to 10 I'll be there hosting an informal day usually we've been doing like a repair session or uh, classes and they were well attended we're gonna see if we can't help you out to get your bike running in order for bike week here we go here's something of blessing of the bikes a couple weeks ago actually back in uh, May of 2008. Let's see if I can in, in, in speed this up. And, and this was the year that uh, uh, this is the year that I think Tom, uh, what is it, uh, Mayor Reardon got the uh, Golden Spoke Award. Andy puts it on over there at, uh, that's right, the blessing of the bike goes on over at uh, 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 the hospital, uh, Good Samaritan, located uh, near Lucas and Six, right across the street from uh, Bisa Libre. Here we go. Here's the mayor. You haven't noticed. Okay, next, finally, what we're going to do to carry out the blessing of the bicycles, we're going to have Reverend Jerry Anderson, along with his colleagues, come up here. 
Uh, Jerry has just been instrumental. He's been so supportive of me throughout these years with a blessing. Always behind me. We have the uh, Right Reverend Bishop Gordon Bennett from Loyola High School. Big round. We have the Venerable Sunita Dharma from the DUFAP Temple. We have Rabbi Moshe Greenwald from the Jewish Community Center Chabad. So you might be wondering, what, what does prayer have to do with bicycles? Well, sometimes it always seems like you're riding without a prayer. This is a way to actually, uh, maybe maybe filling a void you have there on your bike of uh, just uh, uh, a spiritual sense where we're not asking you to, to follow any one thing, but maybe spiritually you're getting better in touch with the universe with a bicycle than you might with some other form of transportation. So here are those religious leaders giving us their blessing in lieu of getting another blessing in a couple weeks. Uh, first, I'd like to say this is always a treat. I missed the program last year because I was spending a lot of time in Asia. But I would like to say all of, to all of you this morning, when you ride your bicycle and you happen to pass people that have some type of difficulty or something in their lives or you may perceive that, Offer a seed of compassion to them. We have to think about the people that are around us, and we have to be very mindful when we ride our bicycles, when we're walking, and being aware in our daily lives. But the seed of compassion, regardless, is the most important thing that we can do. And in I would like to offer a very short blessing for all of you. It's in the Pali language. So the blessing actually means we call all the universal forces of love and compassion and all the deities that represent all the different religious traditions on the face of this planet, that they come and they bless us and they offer us the peace, joy, and happiness in our lives. Sapitio viva jantu Sabarogo vinasatu Madeva vandarayos Kiti kayugo bhava Bhavandu sakla mangalam radhanu so in case you think you've tuned into the yoga show or, or some religious component of Kill Radio, this is the blessing of the bikes that is going to happen in... Uh, Two weeks, I think. Uh, it's a Tuesday coming up, and uh, we're looking at the calendar trying to figure out what day that is. Uh, so in lieu of that, we just want to tell you all that you are listening to Bike Talk here on Kill Radio and KPFK on the podcast, and we're going to wind up our show with a little more spiritual enlightenment by the yogiists here for uh, part of the blessing of the bikes. compassion and mindfulness into your daily lives. And remember all of those who are suffering 
at this moment, at this time. And we pray for all of you that you shall enjoy peace and happiness. Thank you very much. Good morning. I'd also like to thank you for inviting me. I didn't know this existed, or I would have been here more often. But I am a biker. This is my ancient bike. I don't have speeds, and when I go in the marathon, they all yell at me, why don't you get a bike? And I said, I like this bike. <laughs> so, and I do. I bike at the beach a lot. I have to bike on flat ground, because I don't go up hills. And um, one day I was biking, and I say good morning to everybody I see. And I bike at 6 in the morning, and so I wake up a lot of people, they're not so happy. But I always say, good morning, and uh, they look at me like I'm really nuts. But one day this man came towards me, and then he went past, and he turned around, and I heard this voice that said, can I ask you something? And I stopped, I said, sure. He said, are you an authentic nun? And I said, yes. He said, Cool. <laughs> but I do bike in my habit, and uh, you can, you know, you can do anything in my habit. I mean, it's, it's workable. But uh, it was said that you have to get this blessing here at Good Samaritan every year to make it, you know, good. But I'm going to tell you that this prayer that I gave most of you, and I have some more about, is the Guardian Angel Prayer, and we're going to say that today. And if you say this prayer every day, you will be taken care of every day. Because we all have guardian angels, and the angels do take care of us. So if you get the prayer, if you haven't got one, see Brother Felipe or myself. It's a short little prayer. I was taught this prayer when I was a kid years and years ago. And um, it has you know, helped me to get to be this age. <laughs> I was not really always very good. But I was always in trouble, but the angels kind of got me out of it. So please, if you want to join in, this is just a short prayer. Everybody believes in angels, and these are the guardian angels. Dear angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day be at my side, to light, to guard, to rule, and to guide. Amen. God bless you, and may you have a terrific year. Thank you. This is the uh, our our. I don't know if you can say Holy Rabbi against that. Holy Rabbi sounds like something that uh, Robin from Batman and Robin might say. But here's here's the esteemed Rabbi. I guess you could say that who came out and he's doing the blessing of the bikes, blessing of the bikes, getting ready for your social kind of component to riding around LA. Somebody was saying, hey, uh, uh, well, until the city gets safe, maybe this is yet another thing you should pack in your uh, in your uh, sack and, and take along with you, uh, uh, when you when you travel, along with your patch kit and a couple other things uh, when you go out there on the road. Um, we're, we're actually at time with Bike Talk, so we're going to continue on with the, uh, the rabbi's blessing here for a minute, and then we want to thank you for listening to Bike Talk today. Lead us in life, tranquil and serene, until we arrive at where we are going. Deliver us from every enemy, ambush, and hurt that we might encounter on the way, and from all 
afflictions that visit and trouble the world. Bless the work of our hands. Let us receive divine grace and those loving acts of kindness and mercy in your eyes and in the eyes of all those we encounter. Listen to the voice of our appeal, for you are a God who responds to prayerful supplication. Praise are you, Lord, who responds to prayer. God bless you all. Check out our specs. We need a little shift on.